Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's August the 5th and on this day in Christian history, we go back to the year 1934 and we travel to New York where Bill Wilson was lying in Charles B. Towns Hospital for drug and alcohol addictions in New York City under the care of Dr. William D. Silkworth. Silkworth pronounced him a hopeless alcoholic and told him that he would either die from his alcoholism or he would have to be locked up permanently due to madness as his brain was affected. His wife Lewis was waiting downstairs and she remonstrated with the gentle doctor. She knew her husband had willpower. He had made money on Wall Street. Why can't he stop drinking? she asked. The doctor gave them both a bit of hope. As he understood that his compulsive drinking was a medical condition rather than just a moral failing, we were only just beginning to understand the dynamics of addiction. And Wilson was to take his last drink by the end of the year and become the co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, which now has over 2 million members worldwide that belong to approximately 10,000 groups who help other alcoholics achieve and maintain sobriety. After Wilson died in 1971, his full name was included in obituaries by journalists who were unaware of the significance of maintaining anonymity within the organisation. In 1999, Time listed him as Bill W. The Healer in their list of the most important people of the century. In November that year, Bill W. was visited by an old drinking companion, Ebby Thatcher, and was surprised to find that he had been sober for several weeks under the guidance of the Evangelical Christian Oxford Group. Wilson took some interest in the group, but shortly after he was again admitted to hospital to recover from a bout of drinking. And it was while undergoing treatment that Thatcher had visited and tried to persuade him to turn himself over to the care of a Christian deity who would liberate him from alcohol. That evening, as he had reached rock bottom, he had a spiritual experience that changed his life. According to Wilson, while lying in bed, depressed and despairing, he cried out, I'll do anything, anything at all. If there be a God, let him show himself. He then had a sensation of bright light, a feeling of ecstasy and a new serenity. In the book, Alcoholics Anonymous Comes of Age, he recounts it carefully in his own words. Suddenly the room lit up with a bright white light. I was caught up in an ecstasy, which there are no words to describe. It seemed to me in the mind's eye that I was on a mountain and that a wind, not of air, but of spirit, was blowing. And then it burst upon me that I was a free man. Slowly the ecstasy subsided, and I lay on the bed, But now for a time I was in another world, a new world of consciousness. 
All about me and through me there was a wonderful feeling of presence, and I thought to myself, so, this is the God of the preachers. A great peace stole over me, and I thought, no matter how wrong things seem to be, they are still all right. Things are all right with God and his world. He never drank again for the remainder of his life. Wilson described his experience to Dr. Silkworth, who told him, Something has happened to you I don't understand, but you better hang on to it. Wilson would spend the rest of his life trying to understand this foundational experience. And was soon pointed in the direction of the Harvard University psychologist William James, who had published a classic book, The Varieties of Religious Experience, A Study in Human Nature. It comprised his edited Gifford Lectures on Natural Theology, which were delivered at the University of Edinburgh in Scotland between 1901 and 1902. There will be more about this in the podcast of August the 21st. These lectures concern the psychological study of individual private religious experiences and mysticism. And Wilson then joined the Oxford group and tried to help other alcoholics, but succeeded only at first in keeping sober himself. During a failed business trip to Ohio, Wilson was tempted to drink again, and he decided that to remain sober, he needed to help another alcoholic. He called phone numbers in a church directory and eventually secured an introduction to Dr. Bob Smith, an alcoholic who was also an Oxford Group member. Wilson shared with him that the only way he was able to stay sober was through having had a spiritual experience. And forming an instant rapport, Wilson and Smith began working with other alcoholics and a few years later about 100 alcoholics had become sober. The fellowship decided to promote its programme of recovery through the publication of a book for which Wilson was chosen to be the primary author. The book was given the title Alcoholics Anonymous and it included the list of suggested activities for spiritual growth which would become known as the 12 Steps. During the early years of Alcoholics Anonymous, Bill would meet the Jesuit priest Father Ed Dowling who appeared unannounced late in the evening one day at his door. Father Dowling explained to Bill how a friend from Chicago had developed a drinking problem after losing his wife. And in 1940, Dowling took him to an AA meeting. There he noticed the similarities between the program's 12 steps and the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola that all Jesuits undergo in their formation. Following this introduction... Bill and Father Dowling, or Father Ed, as he was known within the community, became close friends. And Dowling served as Bill's spiritual advisor. He continued directing struggling alcoholics to the organisation, and by the summer of 1940, with his help, Dowling's native St. Louis had its own AA chapter. Dowling was not an alcoholic himself, but he used the 12-step program to get over his own problems of overeating and smoking. 
The following are the original 12 steps, as published by Alcoholics Anonymous. Step 1. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. Step 2. We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step 3. Make a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step 4. Make a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step 5. Admitted to God and then to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step 6. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step 7. Humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Step 8. Make a list of all the people that we have harmed and become willing to make amends to all of them. Step 9. Make direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10. Continue to take the personal inventory and when we are wrong, promptly admit it. Step 11. To seek through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And finally, step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. Join us tomorrow if you can, as we look at the first conclave held in the Sistine Chapel. For this year's archive of podcasts, visit www.pogp.net and if you'd like to give any feedback, you can email us on pogppod at gmail.com. And if you have time, please subscribe and share this with your friends. Have a lovely day wherever you are, and thanks for listening.